Hey guys, Darren Bentley here. And before we get started, I wanted to make a special announcement. We have officially opened registration for the Private Money Conference, which is a three-day live event where you will learn directly from Jay and his team how to raise thousands of dollars in private money to fund all of your real estate deals. Now, in today's changing market, more and more people are losing out to other investors because most of those investors have the cash to fund these deals. Did you know that you are missing out on 87% of the real estate deals out there because you don't have access to private money? Sadly, most real estate investors don't even know this is the reason why they continue to lose deal after deal. And with everything that's happening in the market today, you absolutely need every advantage available to you. And having access to unlimited amounts of private money is your big advantage. So to register for this live event, head over to jconnor.com forward slash event. Again, that is jconnor.com, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash event, where you will be able to lock in your seat for this live in-person three-day event, which takes place June 12th, 13th, and the 14th in beautiful North Carolina. But you got to be fast because there are a limited number of seats, and when they are gone, they're gone. So again, to take advantage of this incredible event and to learn how to raise all the private money you'll ever need directly from Jay Connor and his team, head over to jayconnor.com forward slash event. Again, that is jayconnor.com, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash event. Now let's get into today's episode. Well, hello everyone and welcome to another episode here. Jay Connor of the Private Money Authority. I'm your host and uh, welcome to uh, the real estate uh, investing show where we talk about how to get funding for your deals, how to find deals, how to sell them fast, uh, how to automate your business. And we talk about all things that relate to real estate investing from single family houses to commercial deals, to self storage, to land, to creative ways to buy and control houses by using terms, as I said, to using private money. Um, and I got a free gift for everybody before I bring in our special guest today. And that is if you, whether you're brand new or you are a seasoned investor, I've got a free online on-demand class. It's uh, less than an hour long, about 50 minutes long. And it will teach you and show you and take you step-by-step step how to go from zero funding for your deals to having literally in the millions of dollars available for funding your deals. And as you know, the majority of the real estate deals out there, regardless of how schooled you are with creativity and controlling on terms, the majority of the sellers require all the money and all the cash. So if you want more funding for your deals, yes, right here in the midst of coronavirus, I've got more new funding coming to me on my desk than I've had in a very, very long time, because quite frankly, people are apprehensive and they're skittish about having or keeping their money in the stock market. And in this world of private money, it's a safe, reliable and secure way for people to get high rates of return. So I want you to go right after the show, 
get on over to this website and I'm going to show you and teach you the five steps to getting funding for your deals without relying on banks, mortgage brokers, or hard money lenders. And it's www.jayconner.com forward slash money podcast. Again, that's www.jayconner.com forward slash money podcast. Well, folks, I'm excited to have on the show today. And by the way, as you're coming into the show, go ahead and type in your name, your city and state that you are coming in from. We've got T. Rowe from Florida. We got Greg Omer. Hey, Greg, right up the road, mastermind member in Durham, North Carolina. Hello, Greg, and welcome to the show. So my special guest from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and we've got folks tuning in today from Florida. Uh, Carl Pierre is from Fort Lauderdale. His background is in the healthcare industry. He's got uh, 20 years of leadership expertise, founding numerous companies in different marketplaces in fields of healthcare staffing, radiology, home healthcare, hospitality. And um, he's been an entrepreneur and he's been a driven chief executive uh, for those number of years. But in addition to that, and why I have Carl here on the show is because back in 2006, Carl participated in his very first real estate transaction. He's been growing his portfolio as an investor ever since 2006. He really likes the multifamily part of the business, one to four units. He's getting ready to expand beyond that. But right now, Carl earns and grosses over a million dollars every month of revenue coming in. He's now managing more than 400 workers and he owns and controls over $15 million in real estate assets. So folks, get your questions ready for Carl as I bring Carl Pierre right here on the show. Carl, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? Thank you for having me. Oh, uh, you're welcome, Carl. I'm glad to have you on and I appreciate you uh, reaching out to uh, my producer there, um, Scott Patton, and that's getting you scheduled on here. So uh, your background is in uh, healthcare. You got a lot of experience in that, but what is it that got you started in real estate investing and got you interested? Actually, I got started in 2006 out of need. Um, the program that I was in, which was the, uh, I went to Stony Brook University School of Health Technology and Management, and my concentration was in radiological studies. So that was X-ray, CT, MRI. And it was a newer program in the university and as a result of that, it wasn't accredited by the university yet. So me and my buddies that were in the school weren't guaranteed housing once we graduated. And we had to do a post-bac clinical year um, just to get our, our specialty or expertise in, in the field that we were going down. Um, and fortunately for us, one of the guys was a loan officer. And in those days, uh, anybody with a heartbeat could get a mortgage. And we were able to- I remember those days. Yeah. <laughs> We were able to qualify for um, for a single family home. Uh, it was four hundred and ten thousand dollars, hundred percent financing, plus six percent for closing costs and all all the incidentals. Wow! Um, on our on our on our student income, um, which was absolutely crazy. But our idea was very simple: was just to occupy the property. Um, you know, it was a four bedroom, three bath house with a full finished basement. 
and the living room, dining room, den. So we all the extra space that we could convert into bedrooms, we did. And then we started renting out those additional rooms to our classmates. And that first property, we're able to collect just a little over $6,000 a month um, in, in income and realize that, you know, there's some money to be made here because we weren't the only ones. So we started to buy additional properties immediately adjacent to the university within walking distance. Um, and now if you had been renting that single family house out traditionally as a traditional landlord tenant relationship, and you rented it out by the month, just to a family, what would the uh, monthly income have been instead of 6,000, whereas you rented it out by the room? At that time, about 3,000, 3,500. So you're able to double uh, somewhere around double your revenue by renting it, renting out the rooms instead of renting out the house. Right. How did you come up with that idea? It was just, it wasn't an idea is how do we, how are we going to pay for, for the mortgage? Um, <laughs> In other words, necessity is the mother of invention, right? Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't like this, this brainchild. At that point I already had my staffing firm and I got pulled into the deal that way because I had enough cash on hand to put down the, the, the binder requirement, which was 8,500. So I had the need for housing. Everybody had the need for housing. The loan officer came with the idea and he even came with the house and said, Hey, you know, I think this house would work. So the only thing was that we were missing that binder amount to actually lock up the property and, and binding contract, even though we were closing with, you know, 106% financing. So that's what, that was my contribution at that point. And I also had some experience working in construction. Uh, one of my uh, best friends, his father was a contractor. He used to build out Abercrombie and Fitch stores. So I was able to kind of say, all right, well, this room could be sectioned off into a bedroom by just adding a door and it'll cost X amount of dollars. So that was my input. And then in exchange for that input, I got free rent for the year. Um, and then uh, it just kind of evolved out of there. It's like, all right, well, initially we had seven bedrooms um, before we did the basement. It was seven. So that was 4,200 because we were doing $600 per room. And once we added the additional three bedrooms, uh, we now got 10 rooms out of the house. Um, and that's how we got it up to, to 6,000. And we well, still, now you, know what, you know what marketing principle you started applying on your first real estate investing project, right? No clue. Yeah. You, you were buying it by the gallon and selling it by the squirt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it, man. So I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued with that business model. I've got, um, I've got a couple of other friends that, that do that model on a consistent basis, but I don't know many people that actually focus on it. So how did you manage that? Did you, um, did you collect from all different tenants or did you have one person that was responsible for the utilities and all the rent? And then they had to collect from everybody else. Uh, no, we would collect from the tenants and manage all utilities on our Because own. you were living there, right? Yeah, we were living there. And then when we started getting the other properties, it was three of us that were instrumental into in the management of the properties. So my area was always the maintenance side of things. So if there was damage or, or anything that needed to be built out or adjusted. I took care of that. One of our friends who's like a stickler for, he's like, just like the cheapest guy on the planet. He was responsible for all collections and, and payments. And another one was responsible for showings and, and building the interest and, and 
marketing the properties. So we each took our respective roles and just managed everything. And we made it in a way where, you know, internet's included. Um, a lot of students would leave behind their furniture. So furniture was included as long as they wanted to use the furniture that was there. Um, electricity is subdivided by the room. So everybody pays their equal share of electricity and we cover like heat and water. How did you find uh, your tenants for that first property? The, the first, it was mo most, mostly myself, my fraternity brothers, and then kids. And so it was word of mouth because yeah, you, word of you, mouth were, you were there living on the campus, right? Yeah. Word of mouth at first. And then it moved to Craigslist after that. Uh-huh. So that was your first property, you know, renting it out by the room. So what happened next in your story of growth in real estate investing? Uh, the market crashed. Uh, and that's mm. part of Anybody who's been investing for the past 15 years, they, they know they know that pain. Um, the market crashed and these loans stopped stopped existing. And, you know, fortunately, I, since I was already investing, my ears were open to any kind of opportunity that existed. And I went to one of these like uh, flip flip that house seminars. I forgot mm -hmm. which guy. I think it was Than Than Merrill. Mm -hmm. I went I went to that seminar. And, you know, those are really, uh, I don't like them too much uh, because their, their format is to kind of get you excited and then upsell you and mm -hmm. then upsell you again until they, mm -hmm. you know, milk you for all your capital. Mm -hmm. So I got upsold once to the weekend program and that didn't work out. Then I, I was just kind of touring seminars to kind of get information because everybody was, you could buy properties with no money right? You don't need any money. You don't need anything. It will teach you how. And we no longer had money because all of the lending facilities that we were used to dried up. But I did go to one conference that was uh, held by national grant conferences. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them because mm -hmm. they're, 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 they're pretty scammy as well. Um, but I did get some useful information. So their package was, what they did was that they they actually condensed every state and federal loan and grant into one book. And they sold you the book plus, uh, I guess, like a consultant that will teach you how to fill out the applications. Uh -huh. So I said, okay, I, I have this healthcare company. I have a nonprofit as like, and I'm interested in real estate. So there's going to be something in this book, this magical book that they were selling for $2,000. So there's going to be something in this book that I'm going to learn that I can apply. And in that book, I came across the FHA 203K loan program. And I, uh -huh. this was in, in the fall of 2008. Obama had just gotten elected. And I came across this loan program. Now, remember, everybody else who was doing mortgages prior to then had all, you know, so many different uh, programs out there that when I started contacting banks, they were telling me that they've never heard of, of this FHA 203K loan program until I came across Wells Fargo and someone there was was knew that they were offering it and they were the ones who, who originated the debt. Um, but go ahead, go ahead and tell everybody what that program is. Okay. So the FHA 203k loan program is uh, a federally backed uh, mortgage program that allows you to purchase real estate as a first time home buyer. And that's like a flexible term, but a first time home buyer uh, with only 3.5% down. And right now the minimum credit score is 640 pre-coronavirus, so 620. And they'll let you finance the entire renovations of that project. So you're able to get those distressed, you know, foreclosures, short sales, 
things that traditional lenders won't lend on, you're able to use this program with 3.5% down to buy these dilapidated properties and price in your renovations. And there's not many uh, programs you know, out there like that because the, the cash requirement to start is so low and also the credit requirements. And they also include, they force you to use a consultant who's there to kind of mitigate between you and the contractor to protect you from getting burned. And the really cool part about it is that a lot of the hard money lenders function almost in the same way. So it really prepped me for moving into hard money, which is how I finance most of my, my purchases to date. Right. So did you get an FHA 203k loan on a property? Yes, I did. All right. Well, tell us that. Tell us how that went. So in 2009, um, at the, the reason I was segueing the, the Obama election is that 2009 was the, the low of the market. And at the same time, they were announcing a first time home buyers tax credit, which was $8,000. And the property that I purchased was $300,000. I, I bought it from an older couple that was retiring and, and moving south. Um, it was 300,000 and the property's value was around 420 when renovated. And I priced out that it would cost me about 70,000 to fix. So I got that property. My 3.5% was just a little over $10,000. And after I closed within a few weeks, I got $8,000 back in the form of a tax credit. Mm -hmm. And I rolled in my closing cost. So like my out of pocket cost to get that property was around $5,000. Nice. Um, and then I was able to to do the renovations with that property and then get it rented out to college students once again. And I remember when I bought that program telling myself, you know, I felt like an idiot because I felt scammy. And I was like, I'm going to find something in here that I recoup my $2,000 on. And by July of that year of 2009, that property was already obviously fully occupied and cash flowing. And I also own that one to this day. So I've recovered way more than $2,000 on, on that little bit of information that I got out of that book. 